Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Join us this week is David to review the defeat against Wraith Rovers at Tincastle, preview the games against Wraith and Dunfermline, chat about transfer business conducted in January, and we ask the big question, what on earth is going to solve our problems at the back? I don't quite know where to start with that performance today. I do, in the bin. <laughs> what a disgraceful performance. It really was. Absolutely disgusting. Um, I booed the telly. I, I won't lie. I booed the telly. Um, the first half was a disgrace. Um, I thought we're so slow. Lack of ideas. Um, gave away a criminal penalty. Uh, gave away two criminal penalties, really. Um, and then, of course, you know, Craig Gordon manages to get us out of jail with one of them. But um, you think to yourself, right, going at half time, one nil down, um, can maybe change it here and, and start the second half a wee bit more uh, enthusiasm. And within five seconds of kickoff, Hearts have gave away a free kick and immediately the pressure's on. And, you know, within uh, five, ten minutes of the, the second half starting, we're three nil down. And um, it was just schoolboy stuff. Um, I have to say, though, I think this, the second penalty, uh, sorry, the third uh, penalty, that they give uh, that they got there uh, was was never a penalty. Um, it was a you know it was a shocking decision. Um, so for me it was uh, John Beaton uh, being quick to to point to the spot. I don't know why I'm seeing a third penalty. I, I keep thinking they got three penalties for some reason when they only got two. I don't know what I'm talking about. I do apologise. Um, yeah, for for me it's, it was a disgraceful decision from uh, from Michael's uh, Michael Smith uh, to actually give him the opportunity to go down but um, John Bean is never a penalty, you know it really wasn't he, there's absolutely no contact and for me Beaton was quick to point to the spot um, he couldn't wait and so I can understand why Nielsen was annoyed but just it's frustrating because you know clearly Kennedy's looking to go down, he gets on the wrong side of Smith and you're thinking just stand up to him, you know the, the, the angle's getting more and more narrow um, but you know, he get he gives them the chance and and they obviously score. So um, disappointing. And then the third goal as well. I thought there was a hand used in that, um, but at the same time, it was still very poor defending. And you're thinking yourself, we're absolutely all over the place. Um, and it was just an abject performance. And then suddenly we we think about start playing again and um, you know score a really good goal with with, with Boyce. Um, fantastic delivery from Ginelli. Um And then obviously we get the second, but. I mean, on the balance of it, we probably should have actually equalised. Um, and you could maybe even argue that we, we could have scored scored four. But um, overall, defensively, again, just letting us down. And I think I think that's an Achilles heel at the moment. We're just not good enough at the back. Um, I know we've sort of criticised Berra, um, and I think he's a big part of that. But I'm starting to question Craig Halkett as well. Is he really up to it? I'm not so sure. Um because for me, he doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. I think the two fullbacks, who I, I like a lot, Smith and um, Smith and Kingsley, um, both really, really good players. But I have to question Smith defensively sometimes, and I've I've said this plenty before. I think he can, he really can be suspect defensively, and you know he's he's gave away the penalty, which I didn't think it was a penalty, but um, I still thought he's positioning at times. Um, going forward, he's really good, but I think defensively he needs he still needs to work on that for me 
Um, Kingsley as well was off it. So I think it's a back four and a back five, actually, because you can blame Pescu as well. I think it was the third goal um, for that. So, you know, it, it's frustrating. It really is. And and for me, if we're going to go forward and improve, because attacking-wise, we're, we're decent. You know, and when we actually turn it on, we're as kind of good as anybody in, in the country, really. We've proven that by the teams that we've scored against. Um, but defensively, oh dear. I mean, we've got big, big problems. Yeah, defensively, we're terrible, aren't we, David? I mean, that performance yeah. just wasn't good enough, was it? Well, well, Gordon says he booed the telly. At 3-0, I went to my back garden and walked like the time it would take me to walk to the mill and then grab the beer because that was the way that game was going if I was there today. It was embarrassing. I mean, we can talk about the decisions from uh, Beaton about the penalty, which, by the way, I'm going to be slightly controversial and say that Michael Smith gave Beaton no option but to give a penalty because he was at the boy's heels just before it, outside the box. He tried to clip him and be cynical. And then he, he's, he's clearly... I don't know why Smith lost the heat in the first 60 seconds trying to snap the boy outside the box. And then he's just went to try have a wee niggle in the box. And I think he's given Beaton no option because... He's made it. Michael Smith had made his mind up that he wanted to try and get the boy on the deck before the pe- before he got in the box. Yeah, but he doesn't touch him though. But he doesn't actually touch him in the box. Yeah, but so he sticks therefore his, he it's sticks not his leg. He stick, Do you know what? If I I said this um, to my dad when I was watching, I said if that was the other way around, if if that went, if say if that was uh, Mackay Stephen that went doing the box or Nazir Boyce, I'd be screaming for a penalty and I'd be raging if we didn't get it. So, no, yeah, listen, at the time, of course you scream for a penalty, but if you look back on the replay, but, well, actually, he doesn't touch him. And he, he didn't touch him. Therefore, you know, it wasn't a penalty, and it was a dive. At the end of the day, Smith has to have more... Smith has played right back for, what, 10, 10 12 years. I, I agree with you completely. common sense. Yeah, I, I t- totally and agree saying, with you completely. He, 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 Smith made his mind up before the boy had even got in the box that he was going to try and get him down because he was pulling his shirt and trying to clip at his heels when he got away from him. Well, I think, I think, I think, like you say, I mean, Michael Smith had, a, I think he had a terrible game. I really right, do. It's probably worse, worse than, than it's worse than Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I, but, but I think at the same time, and he's got to be more streetwise, absolutely. But it wasn't a penalty, and I think you know, you you still expect better from from a referee um, of well, John Beaton. Well, we said apparent. before, John Beaton shouldn't be in the Premier. Shouldn't be. No, a top he, player, he, but, he shouldn't but be. Look, he shouldn't let, be. Let's let's not try and deflect away anything from the performance today by talking about a, a, a penalty that really had no real bearing on the game because as far as I was concerned, Wraith could have been 3 up at halftime, let alone after the 60th minute. I mean, I don't remember Hearts really having a clear-cut chance in that first half. And what annoys me this season is when we've been beaten by the sides who, by the way, are effectively challenging us at, the, at near the top of the table, uh, obviously besides the Alamo defeat in the Cup, is that we've never been beaten and gone, oh, we were unlucky, you know, we played well. Every defeat has been an absolutely embarrassing performance, and it's actually gotten worse. Every defeat, the perf- I didn't think we could play worse than when we played against Dundee, and we've just topped ourselves tonight. Um, so uh, you really do have to quit. I mean, I think Gordon's right. I think Craig Halkett has shown for two years now that he's clearly just can't handle it at this club. I don't think. I mean, I've never seen. I've seen Milk turn quicker than him uh, when the boy got away from him for the third goal. Honestly, embarrassing. Um, we've said enough about better before. Clearly not good enough, and. But Berra wasn't the main problem today. There was too many other problems. The fact that uh, Elliot Freer played 49 minutes is uh, nothing short of disgraceful when Josh Janelli's on the bench and clearly uh, has more talent uh, than him. I mean, he can actually put a ball in the box for a start. Uh, and what annoyed me about Nielsen today, right? He played him for 45 minutes, clearly showed that Freer wasn't doing enough in that first half, needed to make some sort of changes to spark that second half, second half performance. 
left him on for four and a half minutes and then took him off. What does that do? What did, what was he expecting from Freer? Go down the wing, score a music, go score three goals, change the game in four and a half minutes. It was clearly he clearly just didn't want to change anything uh, because we I think Nielsen's far too stubborn uh, to to realise what's going wrong. And then when it gets to two 0 and three 0 it's too late. And he starts bringing on uh, players like Jamie Walker, who uh, we we've said before doesn't do enough in a Hearts jersey, doesn't really influence the game at all, and d- doesn't leave our best bringer on the on the bench from the start. And when he came, when he, and he got an assist today for Boyce's goal, so far too many problems in this Hearts team at the moment. Um, and the worrying thing is, is that, as I said, when we get beat, it's usually pretty damningly, and that's the big worry. Does Nielsen sort of cover his mat, his team selection by you know? saying that it was refereeing decisions or things didn't go quite right in the game or or, or is it just hard luck? No, I, I don't think it's hard luck. I think, you know, you, you've got to make your own luck, particularly at this level. And uh, the stats don't lie. You know, we've conceded far too many goals. Listen, we shouldn't be getting beat at home at, uh, against anybody uh, at Tyne Castle, but never mind in the championship and never mind conceding three goals. Um, it's not the first time we've conceded three goals, conceded three goals to the air as well. Um, it's it's not good enough. And, and Harry Nielsen can continue to come out and and just, you know, bypass the question. Why why are we conceding too many goals? Um, it's it, it baffles me, it really does, because it's you know, we've been talking about it from the very start of the season. Defensively is our issue. And he's not even spoken about improving the defense in, in January. Why not go and bring in a, 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 a you know an R cent half on loan? He's talking about he needs another midfielder. I don't necessarily buy that. I think we're all right in midfield. I, I don't. I think we could get past um, at least until the summer anyway without signing another midfielder. Defensively is our issue, and we continue to leak goals. And you know, and I, I mean, listen, if he doesn't trust Popescu, fine. Why not put Harren back at centre half? Because it can't be any worse. I mean, my, I mean, I think Harren should be in the team because I still think he's a fantastic player, and I. I don't know why Nielsen doesn't use him more. You know, obviously he, he he prefers to have Irvin in there, which is fine. You know, Irvin's deserved his place, and and obviously he wants Halliday in there as well, um, which again is fine. But somebody like Peter Harren in there, you know, who can anchor um, the defence, who gives more cover. Um, I I don't understand what's happening really. I mean, it's just for me, it's a defence that's leaked goals for too long now at uh, both levels. Um, in the Premiership, when they were put together, they leaked too many goals, and then obviously they've they've came up here to, to down to the Championship, and they're conceding too many goals as well. So clearly, the the proofs in the pudding they're not good enough, and um, you know serious surgery needs to be made to that that defence. I think bringing Kingsley in is is you know an absolute positive move, and um, you know. I think I think that, that that obviously he's a very good left back and I've, I've no issue with him. Same with Smith as well. You know Smith, uh, he's a, he has a solid right back. Although I think you know defensively he can sometimes leave us a wee bit suspect. But um, going forward, I think we've got to get signed two new centre halves. Uh, I've been saying one centre half for a while, but I think now for me it's going to be two, um, and we've and they've got to be two really really good centre halves um, who and. You know, all I keep hearing is, oh, wait till John Suter's back. But at the end of the day, we were still leaking goals when John Suter was in was in the defence. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the, the, the shining guardian angel that we need who's going to um, suddenly make everything all better again. Um, I think we need to invest serious money in defence. Otherwise, we'll 
we'll just keep continuing to talk about the same sort of things. You know, why are we why are we conceding three goals to Wraith Rovers at home? Um, ultimately, it's the defence, and you know, and add all five into that. I'm not just talking about you know two centre halves. I'm talking about uh, the three. Uh, well, the two fullbacks, and then obviously Pesco comes on as well. I think they've all got to take blame um, for for today's performance uh, because ultimately, if your defence does its job, we win the game quite comfortably and probably score a few more goals. I think the thing that gets me about Robbie Nielsen and, and us conceding so many goals, David, is you know it's not even an attractive brand of football we're playing and conceding these goals. At least under Stendhal, you know, not to compare them both, but at least under under Daniel Stendhal, you had a you had a team that was you know, all-out attack. It was exciting. You were at the yeah. edge of your feet. This just this football doesn't make you feel like, you know, you're watching anything substantial. You, you, you feel tired watching it, don't you? Yeah, you do. We said it when Nielsen was announced as manager. It was the turgid football the first time around and it's turgid football again. I don't, I'm not convinced they, in training, they actually do any defensive drills. I think they just, for an hour, they just have a wee kick about, do some wee five-a-sides, have some shots, score some goals take some penalties, make them feel good about themselves, and that's it. I, I don't see anything that shows we actually know how to defend properly. Uh, and, I mean, I, I, I'm, we are sounding like a broken record on here, but we have to be, because how many times have we said that these two centre-halves, or the three centre-halves that we've got, got Hearts relegated, and they're still playing together? They clearly carry play with each other. They're clearly not good enough to play with each other. And Gordon says two centre-halves. Christ, I'd sign about six if we could. We need cover. We need bloody, we need two good ones and some that can actually come in when one gets injured. I, I, I don't see. I mean, I, it worries me. Every I'm, and now we were saying before, if you see Ben and team sheet thing, oh Christ, here we go. Christ, I'll be seeing that about Pepescu now. After that, I'll be seeing it even about Halkett. Um, and yeah, Robbie Nielsen style of football. We've look. I know that um, we've got Mackay Stephen now, who's a bit of a flair player for us. Some a type of player we haven't actually had for a while. Seeing about Janelli. Uh, adds a certain element of uh, attractiveness to the game. Something exciting could happen from him, but we play. Two, we, but it wouldn't. We play two wingers. And we play ninety-five percent of the game. We play down the middle. We try and get it to Halliday or to Irvin, and we try and break through the line through the middle with incisive runs from Boyce and Naismith. When we get the ball out wide, we and put a ball in the box, we'll probably score. We did it today, and it's so frustrating to watch because the wingers are crying out for the ball in the wing. And then, as we've said, we know how good Michael Smith is on the overlap and, and getting balls in the box, and Kingsley as well. They've both got great right and left foots, respectively, to get that ball in the box and create chances for, the, for our attacker. But we don't seem to want to play that way. So, and, and because we always try and play through the middle, we never seem to get through because we've not got the quality to do so. And it is turgid, and it's hard to watch sometimes. And yeah, conceding three goals a game. Three, conceding three goals three times in the championship. Nothing short of a disgrace. Gordon, why, why does it why does it take us to go three 0 down to then start playing? I mean, you know, we obviously got the one goal back, and obviously we've got Boyce's goal back as well. But you know, it shouldn't take going one down, never mind three down, to then start you know thinking right, we need to make a change here on the on the half hour mark. You shouldn't be making those changes, surely. Yeah, uh, I I, t- I totally agree with you. You know, and I think um, I'll just touch quickly on what David was saying about how we don't play wide too often I, I agree with that completely and it, it does frustrate me um certainly in the first half we weren't everything was just go, going straight through the middle of the park and it was easy for Wraith you know they just had to just stand there effectively two banks of four and, and Hearts didn't have really any ideas uh, how, how to break them down 
um, then suddenly you bring somebody like Ginelli on and, and you start stretching the, the, the play a little bit. But by this point, we've, we've, we've gifted them two more goals and we're 3-0 down. Um, if it's 1-0 and, you know, you, you get past those those two goals that we've, we've conceded, we're probably just going to win the game 2-1. Um, I think, I don't know what it is. I, I think maybe having fans possibly, and not having fans there possibly plays its part, particularly at Tynecastle, I think, you know, um, I think players, you know, a Hearts team in particular at home know that they need to start quickly and uh, or otherwise, you know, the fans will let them know about it and if they ever do start sluggishly, the fans are quick enough to, to let them know and that generally sort of um, gets gets their arse in gear. Um, I think maybe missing that is probably why and then by the point where we are a couple of goals down, that's maybe what sort of boosts them into gear. But that's not that's not good enough, and that's that's not professional. You know the, that that shouldn't be the case. Um, maybe it's an arrogance. I don't know. Maybe it's you know we're believing our own hype. Where we're saying we'll just walk this league, because um, on paper we should be walking this league absolutely. But um, you know if it was just a couple of defeats where it was by the odd goal and it, you know we're unlucky and stuff like that, I could understand. But we're it's you know we're we're causing our own problems, and and like David says, you know we've conceded three Dundee. Um, conceded um, two to um, uh, Dunfermline away in a big game, and then obviously we've conceded three at home at Wraith. Um, the the big game will be Tuesday again against them. You know, if they lose that, then you've got to see it, ask serious questions about the the mentality of this team and whether or not they've actually got the bottle to go and get promoted. Because you know you can understand sometimes losing a big game. You know, you look back at the championship the last time we were in it. I think we lost three games. That was to Falkirk, Hibs, and Rangers. Granted, they were, I think, the top sort of four. Um, you can, you can maybe, you know, you can maybe say, right, fair enough. Um, and particularly because when we lost two of those games, the league was already over. But right now, when you're in the middle of a a, a title tussle with these sides, and you know, you've got the opportunity to to really cement um, your your grip on the league, um, you'd be expecting a lot better. You, you really would and um, it's it's not good enough it's not good enough and they've you know I think that we've still got what a few days left less than a week of the transfer window um, I know he says he wants a striker but I would I'd seriously be looking at maybe a lone centre half um, just to see if we can get us through because um, if we continue to defend like that there's no guarantee we will in the league that would be a disaster scenario David, wouldn't it? And what, what would be the implications if, if we didn't win the league? <laughs> well, it doesn't really bear thinking about, does it? Um, oh, I, I mean, well, first of all, Nielsen would have to lose his job, clearly. I mean, do you know, I was actually having a discussion with Spencer with this and he went, oh, but, you know, the main, the main objective is to get up. You know, the playoffs, you know, it's still a route to get up. No, I'm sorry. It implies that if we're not getting the playoffs and we're somehow losing like seven or eight games in a championship season, which is already condensed to three quarters of what it usually is. So, yeah, Nielsen would have to lose his job. Half those players would have to go. I mean, I don't know how Budge could show her face around uh, the west side of Edinburgh ever again, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and I, I think that is part of the problem that I think uh, when Nielsen there, she does have another pal in the, in the dugout again who there won't be any questions asked of him and likewise. Um, so I think it's an easy ride for both of them because I like, and the thing is, well, this, this doesn't really matter for Nielsen at the moment, like, because there, there's this expectation that Hearts will, will win this league uh, inevitably. And if we win the league, 
by no matter by how many points, whatever, it'll be, well, that's all that matters. We've won the league and we go up, we're back in the Premiership and that was the aim no matter what. But it's the manner of it. You compare this to the season we were in the toughest championship ever and we won it by a canter and this we're making not even hard work of it. It's embarrassing the, the amount of uh, how tough we're making it look for ourselves. Um, I, 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 I mean, there's, there's times even you'd have to think people on high wages would, would then be going nasy boys and all that because how could you afford it? Another season in that in the second division of Scottish football. I don't think it'll happen, Ross. But I say that I say that with less confidence than I would have said it two weeks ago, um, which is worrying. But uh, let's just keep a positive spin on it and say, oh well, we're still top. <laughs> but I, I can't get no, I can't say it. Look, it's bad. We're in a bad place at the moment. I think people can gloss over it that we're still top, but things are not looking good for Hearts at the moment. There, there, there's standards that that need to be met at a football club like yeah. Hearts. And- you know, listen, we shouldn't be in this league in the first place. We get that. And, and I understand the argument that the people make that it's all for promotion. But we should not be waiting to the last few days of the season to win the league. It should be wrapped up well before then. You know, if we're having to wait, even even like two, three games before the league ends, if that if we are waiting on winning it, that, that's not good enough. And and you've got to you've got to ask the questions why that, that is the case. Um and it's just it really is frustrating. Um, particularly when we can all see what the main, the, the main issue is um, because it's the same issue that got us relegated in the first place, the defence and instead of actually sorting it out he's, he's stuck virtually with three of the same back four um, that got us in this mess in the first place so we can talk about goalkeepers and all that We had, and yes we did, we had poor goalkeepers behind that defence but ultimately um, the 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 Bucks, you know, I mean, we've got a world class goalkeeper in now, and we're still leaking goals. So clearly, um, it, it wasn't that much of a, of an issue. Um, and and the back four, probably, well, three of those back four got, got an easy ride in the end. Um, so no questions serious have got to be asked. And you know, if Nielsen's any manager at all, um, he, he should seriously be looking at. Are you are you saying that that defence made Joe Pereira look bad? Probably made him look worse than what he was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was brutal, didn't get me wrong, but, you know, I mean, a lot of the goals, I think, were avoidable and, and defensively. Listen, Hearts wouldn't have got relegated, even, even if they did have a crap goalkeeper, if they had a half-decent defence, and that's a fact. Obviously, we will probably get out of the championship, but, you know, we're, we're still putting that positive spin on it, David. But going into the Premiership, we are going to have to really get the defence sorted, get the midfield sorted, aren't we? It's not just defence, it's recruitment. If we get, if we fail to get the recruitment right in the transition from going up to the Championship to the Premiership, should we do it, then we are in serious trouble. We haven't had a good, we haven't had a, a, a proper 90% successful transfer, we haven't had a success rate like that in a transfer window for, oh, I mean, you could probably go, say, looking back seven years Probably the probably in the championship in the season down there we got most of the 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 signing spot on. Since then it's been you've been lucky if you've had half of them and then and even the half that do seem to be a success in the first season they end up getting shipped out anyway or or, or their form drops and they, you know they get punted or they get they go somewhere else. So if if we fail to do it right there this time round in the summer, then we are in trouble um, because. Teams in the teams in the top flight will just pick us off. I'm, I'm, I'm we we 
It is a broken record. I, I, I can't say myself to say it. We are a broken record on this. You could copy and paste the same chat every week when hearts get beat. It's the same problems. And I don't know how many... I, I, what what's it going to take for for people in the club to see it? Like what do, what what will it take? Like I don't know. I, I don't have the answers. I don't know if anyone has the answers. Don't know what, a bit of, so I'm butting there. Don't you having, having a bit of a meltdown there? So I'll I'll, I'll save you. I'll save I, you. I'm, no, I'm just getting. I'm just so frustrated that it is clearly only. I say only one. The main the main area of us of our problems come from a certain area of the pitch and have done for years, and we still can't seem to get it right. I mean. Who was our last good centre half? Was Jimmy Dunn on a six-month loan? The best we've had in years, probably. Because, I, like, like you said, Gordon, when people are talking about John Souter, I'm over the John Souter train now. I really am. It's finished for me. The guy is too injury-prone, and even when he does have a good stint at the team, what's he really done at Hearts to to cement well, himself as a player we should be looking forward to coming back from injury? Look at look at when he came back um, from injury at the start of last year there. Um, we were told by Stendhal and, and everyone else who would listen that, you know, John Stewart's back now, so our defensive worries will be fine. We're still leaking goals. I think we didn't look solid until Clever Dicamona came in, to be honest with you. Um, and even then, you know, I mean, we weren't, weren't great, but it was certainly a lot more solid than, than it was when Stewart was in. So for me, he, he's a similar type. You know, he's he's very good in the ball. He's, he's very good to watch, but defensively, um, he can he can be suspect, and um, I think his problem, you know, is we just don't have we have a no nonsense centre half. We don't have a no nonsense centre half. I think that's our problem. Um, you could argue that the better was like that when he first came in that first season, and he was good, but ultimately the the injury just finished him, and he's he's nowhere. He's not been anywhere near the no level. No better is all nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's he's a yes nonsense defender. Um is probably the best way to describe it. Um just and, and the thing is how he managed to actually get his injury today, right? He was doing something that he's just not very good at. He tried he tried he tried to put the ball across the other end of the park and put a bit of swerve on it. And you think, what the hell are you doing? Just settle doing and give the ball to somebody that can play football. Because you can't. I'm sorry. Um, and that's just, clearly the, that's clearly the Craig Levine influence there, you know. I don't know what it is, but I mean, it's just overall, it's not good enough, and um, he's not good enough. The the defense in general is not good enough, and um, it just just really frustrates me. At least Hibs are shite, you know. What I mean, that gives us a little bit of joy um, sitting watching them. I mean, I think they're they're in worse straits than us defensively, but um, it just yeah, it's poor. It really is. Big, big defense. I mean, the thing is, I read in the paper that like Dundee United apparently were in for Declan Gallagher. See, if Dundee United are in for Declan Gallagher, we need to be in for Declan Gallagher. He's easy sort of centre half that would come in and do a really good job for us, in my opinion. Um, and then we can maybe look at down south potentially getting a, you know, a decent defender, maybe off League One. You know, I think if you've got to spend half a million pounds on a good defender, go and do it because otherwise, Mrs. Budge's dreams of. Uh, getting hearts into Europa League and things like that happen, it just they just won't happen. Simple as that. So you've got to get a hand in our pocket and spend some serious money on it. You, you talk about Mrs Budge's dream. I mean, we've had now five mediocre seasons. I mean, is this dream just a pipe dream? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Mrs Budge knows the potential of the football club, but 
you know, ultimately our decision letting Craig Levine manage things for too long is is what's got her into this um, position in the first place. Um, she's went back to basics and got the guy who got us back into Europe the first time to try and get us back there again. Um, and he might, you know, he might still get hearts into Europe. There's every chance that they might. But um, going forward, is he really the man to take hearts to the next level? Probably not. We'll we'll move on and, and chat a wee bit about. Obviously, we've got Wraith coming up as well. But we're going to have to be a lot more defensive, aren't we? A, a lot more compact against this Wraith team. I mean, the nightmares are coming back already. <laughs> Only four days away. Um, I look, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to any Hearts away game at the moment because it's really where we struggle uh, away from home. Not really putting a commanding performance away from home in the league yet this season, really. Um, I mean, Aloha, I know we won 3-1. The scoreline flattered us, really, in the end, because Aloha had chances. Uh, and then, what was the other one we won away? Couldn't even tell you. We won 1-0, I think, if I remember correctly. Couldn't remember who. Um, but, yeah, and then we've lost a few. So, it's going to be a tough game. John McGlynn certainly knows uh, how to set up against this Hearts team by the looks of it. Um, and I never thought I'd say that we get out-tacticed by John McGlynn, but there you are, 2021 rears its head uh, for the first time. Um so yeah, and you look, two tough games in a row, two two tough games, well, it, technically three tough games in the space of a week, and you know what, I, I thought we'd probably, I mean, I'd like to thought that we would take nine points away, Christ at the moment, I think we might be lucky to take away four out of the nine, the way we're going, I mean, I'd like to think at home against them, I know we'll come on to that later, but I'd like to think we get a win against them, but Starks Park and the form that Wraith are in just now, there's certainly going to be a lot tougher than I think a lot of Hearts fans would have imagined. Um, it's a game we certainly could have done with 4,500 Hearts fans behind the goal. Um, but unfortunately, it's the way it is. And yeah, it'll be a tense watch, I imagine, if we don't get an early goal, especially. We're going to, we're going to have to get the, the, the ball past Jamie McDonald you know, more than we did today. I mean, he had, he had a fantastic performance today at Tincastle, didn't he, Gordon? Oh, listen, I think Jamie McDonald's a, a, a quality goalkeeper. You know, I thought the um, one of the kind of few mistakes that, that Robbie Nielsen and Craig Levine made um, during that first transfer window that, that David obviously um, alluded to uh, was probably one of our best over the last period of time um, was was getting rid of Jamie McDonald. I, I couldn't honestly understand that. Um, so for me... Um, He's, he's as good as anybody in, in the league. He's up there to the similar standard to Craig Gordon, in my opinion. I think he's an, a totally underrated goalkeeper. And the saves he made today won them the game. Um, I thought they were world-class. Particularly, I think it was the one that could have been 3-3, where I think it was from Smith. And it looked as if he was in all the way, and then somehow he just got a, a hand up to it. Uh, that, 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 for me, was a world-class save. It really was. Um, so, yeah, I, for me, I, he definitely won them the game. Um, but he, he's done this plenty of times when he's came back to Tynecastle. You know, he's saved probably more penalties than any other goalkeeper against us. Um, you know, particularly when he was at like Kilmarnock and then obviously Falkirk as well. Um, so when, when Wraith actually signed him, I thought, oh no, Jamie's back to haunt us again. And well, unfortunately, that proved to be the case. So um, I think in terms of Tuesday, we'll have to be a lot kind of a lot more direct, a lot quicker in our play. Um, and, and take our chances when they come along because, you know, you can't just rest back and think, oh, we'll get the next one when you're up against a goalkeeper like that. 
And I thought the the sort of, the youngster that's signed from Rangers on loan, Kennedy, played very well yeah. for for Wraith today as well. Yeah, he's he's a very good player. Um, I have to say, I thought he ran the show for them actually. Um, and I was a bit surprised um, that he actually went there in the first place, you know, because I thought um, a, a few Premiership teams might have been sniffing around him. And actually, um, I think he would uh, he would have done a job at us, you know, particularly with all the leaving. You know, he could have been, you know, he could have been the player to come in and and maybe slot into that midfield. And he showed by his performance today that he's got a lot of ability and that he he doesn't shy away. Um, doesn't matter who they're playing, you know, he's he's happy to to try and run the show for them. Um, so I, I think definitely he he could be a player in the future. That um, I mean, he's he's highly rated at Rangers. Obviously, he's still very young, and it's difficult to get into their team, particularly the way they're playing at the moment. But I think you know that that's the kind of player that Hart should be looking at. You know, um, he would absolutely come in and improve the squad. And you see that by his performance today, he's, he's very good. So. Um, credit to him and, and credit to Wraith Rovers, but I think you know as good as Wraith Rovers weren't, they'll be delighted with this this performance and result. Um, you've really got to ask questions about Hearts. And looking ahead to the Dunfermline game, um, David, wait, how, how where do we go from here? See if we get beat off Wraith again. What what are the ta- what are the tactics? What, oh, what do we do? Uh, hope for the best and just pray. <laughs> I think. Um, Oh, look, I, uh, I, I'm I not looking forward to the next week or so, um, especially if we fail to get a result against Wraith. Um, I think that'll be really quite a, a horrible blow to this Hearts team, who I think um, maybe after this result might be a bit short in confidence. I, I just wonder, it's, it's the way we start games that really frustrates me, and that's something we, we really cannot afford to do away from home. At, at, well, at home as well, but especially away from home because you know how teams will set up against Hearts. Um, and at Tynecastle against Dunfermline, um, look, we know that they've already beaten us this season, uh, albeit that was at East End Park. Um, there's a there's an L, there's a there's kind of like a an air of lethargy about Hearts when we start games. We don't really seem like we, we come out the blocks because I think there's there, maybe there's an element of smugness about Hearts that we think we can just go and win a game because you know we've got enough tackle quality in the end that. that you know, we should we deserve to get three points because we've got more quality than other teams. I don't know what it is, but we don't start games well enough. Haven't done for years actually. Um, it's not much of an outlier, but especially this season when we've got a, a better team than, than the other one, uh, than other teams, better squad anyway. And you think we start games out the blocks? We don't really seem to do that. Um, so that that really is the area of concern. That's why we kind of uh, go down to te- we we go one nil behind to teams like Wraith and that because we just we just don't start games and I know albeit against their United when we went one nil down we got that kind of um, kick up the arse and we ended up going five two up in the end and then obviously with five three that stupid goal um, so if, if we go but the problem is now if we go one nil down I don't think that's going to be enough of a kick up the arse to get us back into a position to go and win a game clearly it took us three goals today to to really have any sort of impetus to try in uh, attack so yeah you have to kind of hope we, we have to score early goals something we haven't done enough this season that's really the key to do it I don't know how we do it well I say that put a ball in the box get it to the wingers and put a ball in the box crying to do it uh, that's how we've scored quite a few of our goals this season so that's the key area that I think we need to try and improve on but whether we will different story it really is we're going to have to start Ganelli though against Wraith and Dunfermline oh, but I, I, I just think yeah I mean, why wouldn't you? Why would you start that for you? Really, what's he done? What's he done to deserve a start? He scored one goal, and he did, created nothing. 
if Janelli doesn't start, I'll tear my hair out. What's left of it anyway? Yeah, I think Janelli's clearly, you know, our most creative player. Um, maybe outside Irvin. Um, yeah, I think I can understand probably why he didn't start today because he has just come out from injury and Nielsen obviously feels that he was going to come on at some stage. But I think now's the time to start starting him again. Um, I think he'll absolutely start on Tuesday. You know, there's no reason why he can't. I think it's a massive game for us um, and we need to go and win it and we need to have our best players in the park. I thought GMS um, looked a little bit off it in the first half, um, as a lot of players did. Um, but second half, you know, I thought he, he came in a little bit more. And I think the issue is, you know, we need to start getting the ball wide. I think our, our midfielders in particular, um, guys like Irvin, the message should be as soon as you get the ball, try and get it wide. And then guys like Naismith and Boyce get into the box and finish the chances off. And um, I think we've we done that in the second half, um, which also allowed our fullbacks to, to attack more um, and meant that we, we pushed Wraith right in. And I think um, we've got to do that um, on Tuesday because uh, if we try and continue to play through the middle, like we did almost at Dundee as well, away in Dunfermline, um, teams can play against that. You know what I mean? It's fairly easy to defend against. Um, but we've got the ability to stretch teams and, and, and make the, the pitch as big as possible. And, and ultimately, that's what we've got to do to, to win these games. So Ginelli, for me, has to start on Tuesday. And against Dunfermline on, on Saturday, we're going to have to keep the young lad Turner quiet because he, he played out his skin against us last time out. And as well, Ewan Murray from corners too because I think he scored a few. Yeah, I mean, Dunfermline are obviously a dangerous side, but I think um, at home we should really be really be looking to win that game. And, um, you know, so, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a it's a big, massive game for us, and I think we will win it. Um, I think that's the, uh, the the most important thing for us. You know, Dunfermline are obviously our, our closest challengers. Um, it'll be a big top-of-the-table clash, but I think, you know, if we can go and get a win on Tuesday and then beat Dunfermline next week, then, you know, we can obviously think about um, think about putting the, the Wraith game to bed, but I still think the issues that we have at the moment will still continue to rear their heads um, until we actually address them and sort them out. Um, but six, anything less than six points really is not acceptable. We'll start talking about the teams from Fife. Um, and we'll chat a wee bit about um, the transfer window that is open. We um, can sign players. We obviously want to sign a, a lot of defenders. But um, starting off, you know, it's kind of good that we've got Kingsley, Stephen Kingsley, on a on a new contract. Yeah, huge bit of business, really. Um, I actually did. I wasn't quite convinced that he was going to sign it. Um, maybe just thought we'd probably have suitors in the summer that maybe he'd fancy going for instead. But it's good to see him uh, pinned down. He seems to believe in uh, what Hearts are trying to do. I mean, I don't. But um, yeah, it's good to see him signed out. It's uh, you know a quality player, shown that already in the first few weeks of the season. Um, nice to have a proper left back as well. We've not really had a good left back for. I know obviously we had Hickey, but he was young. A proper, uh, experienced, top level quality uh, left back. Uh, so it's good to have. Um, so that's one quarter of the defence sorted. Uh, just need the main parts now. Um, but yeah, a good bit of business by Hearts, and it's not often we say that. And it'll be good, Gordon, to get Andy Urban obviously signed up and Josh Ginelli as well. Yeah, I think they're key parts in Hearts going forward. Um, good players, uh, good, exciting young players um, that have a lot of potential. And I think the problem 
the Hearts have had previously is, you know, our young assets um, getting to the stage where they're they're able to leave for a fraction of their actual value. Um, Patterson being the big one, you know, if we're being honest, Callum Patterson at the time um, when he was playing for Hearts, in my opinion, was worth at the very least £1 million. Um, so it was uh, it was frustrating that he was only leaving for a development fee. Even Jamie Walker as well, whose contract was allowed to run down the first time, only ended up going for you know three hundred grand. You could argue that he possibly was worth around that million pound mark, maybe just below it. Um, he's not anymore, of course, but he, he certainly was at the time. Um, so I, I think you know having guys like Ginelli who have got huge sell on um, fees. Uh, Guys like Irvin as well. You get these get these guys on long term deals. Then when if they are successful, and I'm sure they will be because they've got the opportunity to to play for a big club, and if they can get Hearts back to where they need to be, and uh, and they're the star men, then you know they could be sold on for uh, for f- huge fees for the club. And I think ultimately not just Hearts, but Scottish football in general need to have that type of kind of model. Uh, Celtic have done it obviously you know they've brought players in and they've spent a fee and then they've developed the players the players have done well for them and they've sold them on for for huge amounts of money and I think you know ultimately that's a the the vehicle that we need to follow um I think guys like Irvin and Ginelli who have huge sell-on um potential I think you've got to get them tied down on long-term deals and I'm not just talking about you know we one two year deal contracts I'm talking about you know four or five year contracts uh, you know, we're, we're, we're quick enough to give Lloyd DeMoor a four-year deal. Why can't Andy Irvin get a four-year deal? Um, because, you know, you already know what Irvin's all about. He's a young player who's going to continue to develop. Lloyd DeMoor was a complete unknown. Um, so that's that kind of frustrates me that um, we're only talking about 18-month contracts. With, you know, and even Kingsley as well. I think Kingsley could be at the club for the next four, five, six years um, because, he's he, you know, he's only 27 or something. Uh, maybe younger than that, I don't know, but he's round about that mark where he's hitting his peak, and he's a very good, you know, he was in the paper talking about, you know, um, wanting to get into the Scotland squad, very difficult because we've got two really good left-backs, but at the same time, to be kind of having that sort of ambition says to me that he probably wants to go back down south again, which is fine, but if he's to go back down south, Hart should, should get you know, a, a good fee for him and and letting him just run down his contract after only being here for a certain amount of time isn't really the, the way we need to do things. So I think, um, you know, we should really be... I know it's an 18-month contract for now, but you would hope maybe in the summer or maybe the this time next year to extend that even further so that we can keep guys like him on long-term deals and, and if we do sell them, get really good fees for them. Isn't that the issue, though, that... Because they've signed someone like Lord Demure on a, a four-year deal, they don't want to get stung again, though. Yeah, I, I get that. But, you know, people like Kingsley and Irvin and Ginelli, um, maybe Ginelli to a lesser extent because, you know, he, he probably needs to prove his fitness and have a consistent run of games. But clearly, we're seeing their ability firsthand and you know what they bring to the table. Um, Lloyd Demure had, had played something like 12 games for Cardiff in like three and a half years. Um, yeah, we're, we're giving them four-year deals. So, um, no, I, I don't think it's right to compare the two. I think a bit of common sense needs to be used. Um, 
because you know what these guys bring to the table and they are worth putting money into. People like Demure and, and you know, other players that we've given long-term deals to clearly are worth investing and in, yet yeah, we've done it. So we've got to learn from our mistakes. That's the biggest thing. And there was also talk um, during the week of um, a signing a striker from Walsall, um, Adebayo from Walsall, but there was a lot of talk about transfer fees and, and not happening. Will it happen, David? <laughs> You're asking the wrong person, Ross. <laughs> um, who knows? I mean, in hearts and transfer windows, you really never do know. Um, I mean, maybe. I just know that there was a little bit hearts and Walsall fans on Twitter seem to instigate a little bit beef between each other because of it, um, which is always nice to see, creating another enemy down in England again. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, li- I have, uh, my answer to your question is I literally have no idea. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I'll say yeah. I'll say yes. He's coming up and he's going to be great. I, I, I'm always positive when we sign strikers and I'm convinced that they're going to be the next best thing. But This is why not- you're a current. Well, yeah, clearly. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I just didn't think there's much about this guy that, no. that really fills me a lot of confidence, eh? You know, I mean... I, I they, didn't even know Walsall had a striker, to be honest. I didn't so... even know Walsall were a club. But anyway, <laughs> um, he just he just looks, you know, I, I, his goal tally for a start isn't particularly great. He's a, Yeah, he's a big, strong def- uh, striker and all that, and that's fine, but... Um, you know, I think if we're going to have to spend serious money, we've got to be sure that this guy can come up here and score score goals that are required. And I just don't see that um, on on his on his record for me. So again, that goes back to you know if we're absolutely sure that this kid's going to come in and do well, um, because I mean it goes back to the Craig Whiten thing. You know, we spent money on him, and he's been nowhere near good enough. And I don't think we can afford to to go down that route with strikers again. You know, I think if you're going to spend money on anybody, um, why not go and sign Jason Cummins? You know, I mean, because for me, his goal tally speaks for itself. He's proven that he can score goals up here. Um, he's, a, he's a sort of kid that, that could actually play for hearts because he's got the temperament and he's he's got the head on his shoulders that wouldn't get, you know, overawed by playing up here for a club like hearts. He's played at Rangers. He's played at Hibs. Um He's went down, went down south, and he's you know he scored a double against Liverpool. He relishes the big games, and I think he would relish a challenge for playing for a club that well he supports for a, for a start. So um, for me, if you're going to go and spend money on on a, a striker from down south, why not go and go and spend on someone who's been up here and actually done it? So no Adebayo, we signed Jason well, Cummins, and I think we just... so. that's why we'd be doing. But I mean, what do I know? We should we should get you to speak to Joe Savage. Does, does Joe, I think, listen, I think Joe should come on the show. So go for Joe. I, I agree. Joe, Joe if, you're, if you're listening, <laughs> come on the show. That's it. Go oh, for he's a big Joe. Fan. He's a big fan. <laughs> so, no, for, for me, I think I think Joe should come on the show, actually, and have a chat with us. And it would be nice to, to actually um, listen and and hear what kind of he his take on football is and what sort of player they're looking for and compare it to what sort of player that we want to see on the park. Because, you know, I think that's that's a criticism that we can label towards the Budge regime as well. They don't really listen to the fans. Um, haven't done for a while. Um, otherwise, Craig Levine would have been sacked at the time when we told them to, to sack Craig Levine, and we didn't. And we're in the championship. We'll obviously move on and, and chat a wee bit about our defensive issues. We've alluded to this before, but 
you did sort of talk a wee bit about Declan Gallagher being available, Gordon. Is that the type of player Hearts should be looking at to bring in in the summer to solve this? I think, yeah, I think so. Um, I think, you know, he's an international centre-half. Uh, you've seen what he's, he's managed to do at Scotland. Um, he's not um, he's not been overawed by playing at that level. Um, and I think that's what, you know, we, we should really be looking at doing, you know, because we're not, realistically, we're not going to go and spend £2.5 million on a new, a new centre-half. Um, but for me, Declan Gallagher, although I know he's been linked with Celtic and things like that, but um, for me, he's the sort of centre-half that Hearts can attract, you know, it's, it's that level that, that you know, we need to be kind of sort of knocking the door onto, and, um, you know, with a great respect to Motherwell, they're nowhere near the size of club Hearts are, um, for me, it's, it's definitely a step up for him, um, and I just think you know he would he would do well at Hearts. Um, you know, he's Scotland international. As I say he's, he's at a good age. Um, he knows the league well. He's, he he does a job in this division, and I think he would definitely improve us. Uh, for me, it's a no-brainer. And I think you know we need to be ambitious and trying to t- attract that level of player um, because you know we can't get by with the defenders we've got at the moment. It just we just won't achieve anything with it with these guys at centre half. You know, if we had a good defence, we'd probably be Scottish Cup holders right now. So do we get rid of the whole defence or do we do we keep Kingsley and Smith? Or, or I, I, I would keep Kingsley. I, I, I would keep Kingsley and Smith. Yeah, I would. Um, but I'd, uh, I'd definitely be signing new centre-halves. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, David said six, maybe five, um, maybe four at a push. But uh, definitely need some centre-halves in there, yeah, because these guys just, just aren't good enough. Good thing is, better's out of contract in the summer. If he gets a new one-year deal, I'm not renewing my season ticket. Won't be back. Um, not <laughs> that's tongue in cheek, obviously. I will be back. I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to them. But um, the fact of the matter is, it's just you know that, that there's a real chance now for Hearts to actually go on and do something special, in my opinion. Because going forward, as I said, we're as good as anybody in the country, and we've proven that. We scored three goals in the cup final against Celtic. Um, you know, we've uh, we've scored goals. We've beaten Hibs. Um, you know, in, in the semi final. Um, on my opinion, on our day, especially at home, we could beat anybody. But the the problem we have is defensively. You know, we've got a good goalkeeper. I think we've got a strong midfield. Maybe add one or two in there um, to beef it up even more. But for me, it's all about the defence, and it's uh, got to do some serious work to that 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 defence and, and get a real strength and depth in there, um, so that we can also change as well. It's not just about um, having you know a rock solid centre half pairing. You want options, and I think, you know, because of the type of squad that we have, we can change it about a bit. I would love to see us maybe even play with a back three at times. Um, I wouldn't right now because the defence is only good enough as a back two, never mind a back three. But have that option where, you know, you can go into games and you can change it. Um, you know, that that's the most difficult thing, I think, at the moment to, to take is the fact that we have such a lack of options. And um, if we can, if we can get in there, change it about a bit, back three, and um, and that allows guys like Kingsley and Smith, because I mean, let's be honest with you, they probably are better um, attacking wise than they are defensively. Um, I think that's clear to see, particularly Smith. So if you had more cover at centre half as like a back three, that probably suit these guys a lot better. In the medium term, David, how how do we sort this defensive problem? Do we bring someone on loan? Do we wait for John Suter? Is there someone set up? In the short term, I'd, I'd honestly, I you have we, well. The short term is we have a week left in the transfer window. You have to sign a centre half. That is the short term solution. 
Um, and the problem is, it's going to have to probably end up being a long-term thing because you can't get a good centre-half for free in January. It's as simple as that. You really can't. Um, you can barely do it in the summer. Um, but with obviously contracts running out in the summer, you have a better chance. Going to have to fork out some money, I think, is the is probably going to be the main solution. Whether we'll do it, I'm not convinced. Um, uh, for, it's personnel. And they have to, they, whatever they're doing in training clearly isn't working as well. I'm sorry, it just isn't. So whatever they're doing, they need to change that instead of this tippy-tappy stuff at the back. No, 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 no. Get back to basics. If you need to elbow someone subtly, do it. Whatever whatever it is, we have a week to sort it out. And if we don't get the right people in, if we don't change things fast uh, defensively, we're just going to have the same podcast week after week and we're going to have the same problems for the whole season. And that will feed into next season. It will. So it has to sort it If we don't sort it now, it'll be too late. So a massive merry-go-round of ish. Correct. I mean, I think there's other words you could use, but probably not podcast friendly. Um, but yeah, merry-go-round of pish. I think that suits. I think that sums it up quite well. Is that where we're going to rename the podcast? The merry-go-round of pish review. Yeah. See, I was going to just call it better. Listen, I could count on one hand the amount of positive uh, podcasts we've had since we launched four years ago. Um, <laughs> You know, I, mean, I, I think I, I think if we're I being honest, think two. we are just sitting here talking about the same <laughs> things constantly for the last four years. The, the I thing is, I think we're the problem because since we started the podcast, it all uh, went, went to shit. shit. Oh, aye, that's right. Yeah, we are the problem. Aye, uh, that's right, Ross. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take the blame for that. It's, it's, I'm, it's, I'm happy to take the blame for that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Put it this way: it's, it's referees one week. It's you know, a linesman's decision the next, it's it's the snow the next, and, and by the time it gets to week four, it'll be us. You know, we pay our money. I think we're entitled to say what we like. Uh, I think we're fair. Um, I don't think we Definitely. have any... Especially oh, when a season ticket uh, basically is just a TV subscription. Oh, I didn't get this started. <laughs> didn't get this started. We'll have that show maybe in June when we're. Well, we've had that show. We've had that show, and I'm not having it again. <laughs> I, I think that's maybe a good time to end. Thank you both very much for being <laughs> on the show this week. Um, oh, it's been great, Ross. It's been talking about hearts for an hour. I hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly did. I love Amon. Um, until next week, hopefully we've got six points. Goodbye. <laughs>